0: You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. We're going to dive into God's Word, and we've been uh, in this series called "A Better Life." We've been talking about the Ten Commandments. We are already in Commandment number nine. Somebody, I can't believe it. I feel like this has flown by, but um, we're in Commandment number nine, and we're going to talk about this commandment again. Let me recap a little bit. We're talking not just about the do's and the don'ts of the commandments. We're more specifically talking about the principle behind each commandment. How. No matter where you are, if you apply these principles, God's principles, his spiritual principles are timeless. If you apply these to your life, uh, you will experience a better life. Now, notice we didn't say a perfect life. Uh, we didn't say a battle-free life. That's not what we're saying. We're saying a better life. That God has a spiritual promised land for you to go into. Just like he had a natural promised land for his, uh, the children of Israel. He has a spiritual promised land for you to step into. Which is the overcoming spiritual life. Meaning you may face battles, but he has victory for you in those battles. That's what a better life means. So today, here's, here's uh, uh, the commandment we're looking at. Exodus 20 verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now I'm reading from the New King James Version. Some of the other translations might say you shall not lie, and uh, that that's good too. <laughs> that's a good thing. You shall not lie. But this is uh, specifically talking about in a court of law. But here's the big question: Who is your neighbor? A lot of uh, religious people may try to say, or even people that maybe just don't know God's word very much, they might try to say, well, um, you know, that's just talking about my physical neighbor who I live next to. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not talking about this, uh, just your physical neighbor, whoever you're living next to, your neighbor is anyone you come into contact with. And here's why. Jesus, uh, he said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the crowd that he was speaking to, they responded and they said, well, who's our neighbor? And then Jesus goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan, which is you help your neighbor. You love them as yourself, which is whoever you come into contact with this day. So who's my neighbor? It's everyone around me. If I'm at Walmart, it's the the worker at Walmart or the person that's in line with me. If I'm at the gas station or somebody there, that's my neighbor. I'm looking for ways. To love my neighbor well. But you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not lie. Here's the principle that we're talking about. We're talking about how to be honest. The principle of honesty. How many of you know honesty is a good thing? Right? Honesty is a good thing. You ever been in a a, a friendship and your friend wasn't honest with you? Not a good friend. Not a real friend. (laughs) Honesty is important in a marriage. Honesty is important in every aspect of our life. We're going to talk about why do we need to be honest. When God gives these commandments, he is establishing a civilized society. And that's what we need to remember. What's he doing? He's taking the children of Israel who were slaves and he's bringing them into the promised land. Before they get to the promised land, he needs to establish some rules and some things, the ways that they need to live by so they can have a civilized society. These ten things. Will establish a civilized society. And that's why these Ten Commandments, more importantly, the principles behind them, have not passed away. You want to have a good, um, flourishing, uh, prosperous society today? Apply the Ten Commandments. And if you'll do that, you will see the goodness of God no matter what the society looks like. When if you would actually commit to it and the citizens would commit to it, you would see a society begin to develop in a really, really good way. What's a civilized society? It's a society governed by moral laws. Moral laws. Now here's what we have to realize. Moral, morality is not a, an opinion. We talked about this in one of the first couple weeks. Right and wrong is not an opinion. If it was, <laughs> then um, we would have complete chaos in our society. You could go out and you could rob my house and burn it down. And you would say, well, I don't see anything. I don't see why that's wrong. I got a lot of stuff out of it. You got not much stuff out of it, but I got a lot. I think it's right. You think it's wrong? What's right and what's wrong? Who's really right? Morality is what? It's based on rights and wrongs written in scripture. Even from the earliest of societies and civilizations, where did they get their right and wrong from? The root of it all is from God. It's from a higher being. Let me say this. Let me pause here. Election day is coming up. If you didn't know, hopefully you do know. If you didn't know, now you do know. You need to make sure that you're, hopefully you're registered to vote. Hopefully you know where to, where to vote. Hopefully you've been doing some research on who to vote for. It's important that Christians vote. I can't tell you, oh man, I've, I've talked to a few pastors and <laughs> In the past few elections, they told me that they couldn't pick someone to vote for because of the people's personalities. I don't know about you, but that lights a fire under me, okay? here's why. There is no perfect people on the ballot. There's no perfect people on the ballot. Let me tell you this. There's no perfect people in any church. There's no perfect pastors at any church. Why? Because they're people. We're humans. We're not perfect right now. We may be made perfect in heaven someday, but right now we are not. Here's what you need to do. When you vote, you need to biblically vote with biblical values. Who best aligns? I may not like their personality, but who best aligns with this? And if we will do that, we will experience the goodness of God in our land. But we have a responsibility My grandfather fought in World War II. Both of them fought in World War II. They didn't go to some of those hellish places and see their best friends die for us to sit at home and watch other people vote for things that are not good and godly. They paid a price. People paid a price. Men and women paid a price for us to vote and to remain free and even have the right to vote please vote. Amen. Please vote. So God is establishing a civilized society. Okay. What's he saying? Here's right and wrong. Build your life, build, uh, build this family, this society on these principles right here. Today we're talking about the principle of being honest. And there's three specific people, three specific ways that you need to be honest. And uh, we're going to look at the first one right here. First one is this, be honest with yourself. I took a lot of the, uh, the uh, the wording of some of this from Pastor Robert Morris. He did a, a fantastic uh, series on honesty and being truthful uh, recently, or it was in a few years ago. And man, I listened to it. And so I got to give him a lot of credit for some of the things that I'll share today. But we're going to obviously, we'll look at God's word. That's where we get everything from. But be honest with yourself. You know, last, uh, yesterday we were, um, well, I was watching college football and uh, Leslie was doing some work around the house. She was doing laundry and different things like that. And so I thought, you know what? I should probably be a good husband. I should probably go ask, how can I help? Okay, even though sometimes she doesn't uh, like the way that I fold towels or things like that. But I was like, I'm still gonna offer, so I'm being a good husband, right? So I went and I offered and she said, you can vacuum. And for me, every time I vacuum, number one, I can vacuum all day long. That's like one of the easiest things we can do. So thank you for giving me that. But then I was like, you know, when we vacuum, I always look at our carpet that's in our, like, we have carpet in our, um, our rooms and we have a rug in our living room. And that's really about it. Everything else is hard surfaces. So when I look at it in our rooms, I'm like, these don't look that dirty. The, rug, the, the carpet doesn't look dirty. The rug doesn't look dirty. But it's fascinating to me to go and to empty the, um, the vacuum container first, then go vacuum and then empty it when I'm done. Because it never fails that I have a full, almost a full container of all kinds of junk. Yesterday I sucked up some type of Lego or toy from Gavin's. Luckily I caught it before it got too lost in there. Like I'm sucking up all this and there's all this, there's just, there's hair and dust. And I'm like, where did all of this come from? How could we not see that it was that dirty? When it comes to being honest with yourself, this is, it's exactly like vacuuming. Because from, an, uh, from uh, what we like to believe is we like to look at ourselves, like I would look in our rooms and say, the floors are clean. I don't see any dust. I don't see any pieces of paper. I don't see anything out. It's fine. But if being honest is like vacuuming and I get in there a little bit, I realize maybe I have some junk that's been hiding out in my life that I wasn't ready to admit. Vacuuming. So next time you vacuum, Take a moment and say, I need to be honest with myself. I got any junk hiding on in here? No, I'm just joking, but it might help you remember. But I was thinking that yesterday. I'm just thinking, this is exactly what happens. I didn't think we were uh, dirty people, but on the basis, uh, looking at our vacuum, this is like, did COVID start in our house? I don't know. It's so disgusting and gross. It's just like, this is not good. We need to vacuum more often. That's on me. So now I have a good job that she's going to keep me accountable to. But anyway, be honest with yourself. This is why um, this message can be tough to preach. Because dishonest people are dishonest. (laughs) Meaning, (laughs) I can preach on dishonesty and they can or maybe they already have convinced themselves that they're honest or they're good. And this is the importance of being honest with yourself first. I've got to be honest and I have to ask myself, am I doing, thinking, dwelling on speaking In a way that honors God. Is there anything in my life that's not God honoring? Honesty is the first step to healing, to health, and to wholeness. And we're going to see that today. But if you won't be honest with yourself, hear me, God can't help. You're keeping him at a distance because you're not willing to humble yourself and submit to him. That's what being honest really comes down to. Let's look at James 4, 6. It says this, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Do I need some grace in my life? Do I need God to move in my life? Where does it start? With humility. And where does humility come from? Being honest. Look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not God. <laughs> I need help. I need some guidance. I don't have all wisdom. I, Lord, I need your wisdom. And when I come to him and I say, Lord, I've messed up or I need wisdom, I'm submitting to you. What does that do? It allows God to give his grace to me and to step in and to work in my life. But I don't let him in fact, it says he resists the ones that won't let him come in and do that. Why? With my pride. With my pride. But here's what happens some people are such perfectionists that they can't admit fault. But hear me a wise person admits fault and submits to truth when it is presented to them. A wise person admits fault and submits truth when it's presented to them. Ask yourself maybe the last time that maybe a, a coworker, a friend, maybe a boss came to you and said, hey, I've been seeing this. Here's where I think you can be a little bit better. Or here, maybe a friend came in and said, hey, you've been doing this, and honestly, you need to stop doing this because it's not honoring God. What was my initial reaction? Did I receive correction? Or did I automatically say, well, I can't be me. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing just fine. I've got to be wise. Scripture says it's wise whenever I say, you know what? Let me take a step back and let me be honest with myself and examine, do I need to make a change? Hear them, see God's word. And if both of those things line up, I need to be the one that changes. But the first step in the process is what? I've got to be honest with myself. If you can't be honest with yourself you'll never experience true healing in your life. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Here's what honesty does with myself. When I'm honest with myself, honesty keeps me humble and humility opens the door for God to work. It keeps me humble From the outside, it may look like I got it all put together. But if someone ran a vacuum in here, we would see there's some junk hiding. When I'm honest about that, that maybe I might have something. I'm not saying you got a ton of stuff. but Maybe you have something that you haven't been honest about and submitted to God. When I'm honest, it leads to humility, which leads to God saying, I can work in that. I can step in and I can move because you've allowed me to move. You've allowed me to move. We need to be honest with ourselves first. Here's the second one. Be honest with others. I've got to be honest with other people. Honest with myself first, but honest with others. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they say, um, <laughs> can I be honest with you? You ever had that happen before? Or maybe they said, uh, well, to be honest with you. And it's like, you almost want to stop right there and be like, <laughs> what were we doing before? Like, were we, being, were we not being real? Were we not being honest? Like, I've said that before. Hey, can I be honest with you about something? Yes, please, we need to be honest with other people. Now, here's the thing, not just open and honest with any, any person, but there are certain people that God says we must be honest with. peers. this way that we need to be honest with so we can experience his healing, his wholeness, and restoration in our lives. The first reason we need to be honest with others is because we, it's for our own healing. It's for my healing right now. In fact, James 5.16 says this, It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. If I need healing, restoration, salvation in my life, part of it is I need to confess, be honest with, a friend, a trusted believer in my life. Here's what it doesn't say. Confess to God only and you will be healed. It doesn't say confess under your breath. Confess, making sure that no one hears you. Where? Where? confess. I got to confess to God first, but I need to confess also to others. And when when I confess, when I'm open with other people in my life, again, not just anyone, there's certain people that don't get access to to, uh, that part of my life, but with my spouse, with an accountability partner, with close friends in my life, when I'm honest with other people, I can experience the healing of God in my life. So I got to be honest with others for healing uh, let me say this. Here's what that does. Again, it keeps me humble, but it provides a way for accountability. This is accountability or the lack thereof is one of the biggest things that are hindering God's people today from experiencing his fullness. We were talking about this earlier with our, our prayer team, and we were talking about how whenever you ask people, and even even people that are your friends, you say, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And it's always, it's always many times a surface level answer. I'm fine. I'm good everything's great. When inside or maybe at home, things are not great. Like we are in a battle and like it's hellish in my life. I'm struggling for real. I haven't talked to God in weeks. I don't even know what's going on, if we would be honest. But it holds this, when we have accountability in our life, what does it do? It keeps me on the path to where God has me. But I have to humble myself Create an opportunity for accountability with trusted people. And then I can experience the healing that God wants to see in my life. One of the best ways, one of the best ways you can do this is by bringing things to light. Without accountability, everything is still in darkness. And I'm operating in a spirit of darkness. But whenever I choose to have accountability and say, hey, can I talk to you about something? Hey, can I share something? With, can I, I need to... I need to confess. I need, to be I need you to help me be better moving forward. When I do that, it brings things to light. And in light, God can work. In darkness, he cannot. I'm keeping it from him. But when I bring it to God and to others, he can work. Here's the second reason I've got to be honest with, with, other, uh, with other people. Be honest with others for your continued health. Not for just my health right now or my healing right now, but for my health moving forward my health moving forward with my mental health, whatever it might be. Look at Titus 3.10. It says this. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. These are one of those verses that maybe we don't talk about a whole lot because we always just say you need to love like Jesus and Jesus would love. And then uh, what happens is many times people are trapped in abusive relationships and because someone told them you just need to love them like Jesus, they continue to allow abusers back in their life and it hurts them and it hurts their family and it hurts their kids. And God's saying, no, that's not what I have for you. If there is an evil person, a divisive person, you give them an honest first And second warning, very clear expectations. Here's what you're doing. Here's how it's affecting me. First and second, if they do not hear me in that, what does he say? Have nothing more to do with them. Draw a line. Does that mean I hate them? No. It's actually one of the most loving things you can do. An evil or a foolish person can only be corrected with consequences, not with word only. So many people are trying to Word only, talk with someone through something. Many people, when they're divisive, when they're evil, they will not understand or receive until you say, no more. Now, if they want to genuinely repent, change ways, and after some time, we can be close again, that's one thing. But, (laughs) hear me in this, one of the most loving things you can do is obey God's word and be honest with other people. When you say, you are hurting this relationship. You are, this is what you're causing, the, the tension, the anxiety that you bring into our home. Look, I'm sorry, but we've got to make some changes in how you behave around my kids, whatever it might be. And if they won't listen, have nothing more to do with them. If you have an evil, divisive person in your life, give them the honest warnings. And if they don't listen or they don't change, God's word says it's okay. Draw the line and get rid of them. We have to be honest with others. Why? Number one, it's for our healing right now, but it's for our health moving forward. If I want to stay mentally healthy, if I want to get rid of anxiety in my in my home, depression in my home, if I want to get rid of those heavy spirit of heaviness in my home, sometimes I gotta be honest with other people and say, hey, I can't have you around my kids or around my, my spouse or around my family. I've got to be a protector in that sense. Number three is this be honest with God. I need to be honest with God. This one should be obvious. But can you imagine how God feels when we're dishonest with him? We ever thought about that? Like, how does God feel whenever I'm not transparent? Let's say you messed up a week, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. Let's say you messed up, you sinned, you did wrong, and you've talked with God two, three, maybe four times since then. You've maybe even been to church, you've worshipped, you've raised your hands, maybe you took notes at church, but you haven't talked to God about what you messed up with two weeks ago? Like he, do we think he doesn't know? (laughs) He knows, but he's waiting and he's in. It's an invitation. He's inviting you to be honest with him. Why? Because he wants a close relationship with you. He doesn't want to be the God that's just a vending machine that when you need something, you go to him. He's wanting to say, just like a good marriage, where I'm honest with my spouse, he's saying, would you just talk to me about it? Would you?" J-? He knows your thoughts. <laughs> talk like you would talk to a friend. You don't have to pray in King James, uh, you know, version of the Bible. Talk to him. Be honest with him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I need your help. I don't know why I keep saying this. I don't know why I keep doing this. I don't know why I keep uh, keep acting that way or doing that at work. Lord, would you, Lord, I need your help. Will you forgive me? Lord, would you help me as I talk to my accountability partners, my my friends in my life? Would you help them, Lord, keep me accountable? And when I'm honest with God, He can then move. He knows. But here's what's amazing about our God. You may have done that. That may be your situation right now. You messed up and you've talked to God, you worshiped, you took some, some notes at church, but you haven't talked to him about what you messed up with. Here's what's amazing about God. He already knows. He's already paid for your mistake and he's already prepared to forgive you. He's just waiting. He's like a good dad. He's just waiting for you to come clean. Hey, would you just would you sit down and talk with me for a second? would you sit down and just tell me, talk to me? Tell me about what's going on. Let me talk to you in return. If I'm not honest with God, I'm inviting pride to come into my life. And here's why. Because I think that I can handle everything on my own and that I don't need any help. But all through scripture, we see that that is not true. That we need help. That we need community. Community. That you need close, godly friends, not just close friends, godly friends. That honesty leads to a closer relationship with God, which sets me onto a path of hearing his voice, speaking with him, communing with him, so I can live a better life. Not a perfect, but a better, overcoming Christian life. If you want freedom from your past, freedom from hurt, Freedom from something evil that's been going on in your life. If you want freedom, you need to bring God into it. Because you ain't going to have real freedom without God. You may have a Band-Aid. But if that thing you've been carrying around your whole life, it may be spiritual cancer. And I tell you, a a spiritual Band-Aid ain't going to fix it. God can bring a cure to that hurt. God can bring a cure to that condemnation, to that guilt of what you may be carrying around. He can Humans can give you good advice, but closeness with God will bring you freedom. I'm going to say that again. That's not my notes. <laughs> People can give you good advice. It's important. God can give you freedom, which is even better. Look at Psalm 32.1. It says this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity. I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Here's what he's saying. Until I confessed, until I was honest with the Lord, I felt horrible. That's what he's saying. Until I was honest with God, I felt awful. I had no joy, I had no peace. I had no vitality, passion for life. Where? Until I confessed. Until I was honest with God. And then I received those things. And then I was restored. But what took him so long to confess. It's found in verse 2. It says in whose spirit there is no deceit. When you are dishonest. And you have dishonesty in any of these areas. There is deceit in your spirit. Meaning you are deceived in your spirit. And God do saying don't, don't operate that way. Get that out of there so he can go to work. We must be honest with ourselves, with others and God in order to truly receive all that he has from us. Let me leave you with this. This wraps it up perfectly. 1 Peter 3, verse 10. He says, for whoever desires to love life and see good days. Ain't that what we're talking about? A better life. (laughs) I don't know about you. I want that. I want to love life. I want to see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking what? Deceit. We just talked about deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Honesty is like first grade understanding. Don't lie. That's what we to teach our kids, right? Don't lie to me. Just tell me. Don't try to cover it up. Honesty is so basic. It's so elementary. It's so preschool, honestly. But can I tell you, there's a lot of Christians who aren't experiencing a love for life and good days, a better life, because they're living in denial just like I was living in denial that our house was actually clean when it wasn't. They're not willing to be honest and see what's hiding in there. But if you will, look at the promise from God. When we choose to live by the principle of being honest, we will love life and see good days. It gets better from here. God's eyes are on us. He sees you. He sees everything in your life. Lastly, his ears are open to our prayers. I just don't feel like God's hearing me. Have you been honest? If yes, he hears you. He sees you. And he wants to give you a love for life and good days. The principle of honesty is pretty basic. But I think in our culture, We have put a great badge of honor on being fake and faking it like we are fine and we have it all figured out. But here's what God's saying Would you be honest with yourself? If you would ask, God says, I will help you be honest with yourself. Would you be honest with others? God is saying, if you would be honest with the people around you, He said, I will heal you right now. That's what His word says in James. And would you be honest with God? he already knows. He's already forgiven. He's just waiting to give you his forgiveness, remind you of his love, remind you of his grace. But who's got to make the first step? We do. But our God is so good, and he's so gracious, and he's saying if you live by the principle of honesty, you will live a better life. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, thank you for giving us a guide to this life. That you didn't want us wandering aimlessly through this life without any direction, without any concept of right and wrong. Lord, I thank you. You've given us principles to live by. And Lord, we want to go into that spiritual promise land of the overcoming spiritual life where we see your goodness. Lord, we taste your goodness. Lord, we know your goodness personally. Lord, we want that in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that as we obey your principles, Lord, I know that your word is true and you will show up in our lives. And so today and this week, Lord, I pray that as we choose to be honest, as we go over our reflection questions on the way home with our spouse, with some of our friends, Lord, as we reflect on these things, Would you help us be honest in those three ways with ourselves, with others, and with you so that you can go to work? We thank you for being a gentleman, for for waiting at the door and knocking. And Lord, today we open the door and we say, we're gonna be honest, Lord. Would you come in and would you do what only you can do? Would you set free? Would you restore? Would you forgive us, Lord? Would you give us wisdom? Would you set us on the right track? And God, we thank you for all that you will do in our lives. All you're going to do this week as we get honest with you. We expect great things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.